Adventures of Bayou Billy. You're a raging Cajun on the tail of a swamp rat. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. This game seems to be leaning into the 1986 film Crocodile Dundee. Uh, uh, you know, just a move. I'm not talking about the movie itself, but just a move. Strategically, marketing, uh, Konami, uh, Nintendo. I just can't figure out, like, why would you target Crocodile I- Dundee? <laughs> uh like that i mean okay i guess like yeah the hat and the knife but everything else is way too new orleans based for me to to, to make that assessment <laughs> yeah they, they're like in the city at some point in this game yeah. right is that and that doesn't crocodile happen dundee is like that's just australia which is yeah. probably the farthest from new orleans i can think <laughs> but there's something about like even just the the cover of the game and the poster for the movie, if you put them side by side, it feels like somebody plagiarized. <laughs> yeah, it's like they just, they maybe they like airlifted them out of Australia and into New Orleans. Right, right. So I'm not saying like, I, I agree. Like, yeah, they're, they are two separate uh, plots and everything like that. But I don't know, like, why would you be like, you know, we should we should seek inspiration from Crocodile Dundee uh, for our <laughs> Japanese video game? Set in hey, New Orleans. It's a, it's a fun adventure, right? I never saw Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, I think that that's pretty much all that you can say about its aesthetic. It's just fun adventure. And it is a fun adventure, right? I mean, uh, you play as Billy West, otherwise known as Bayou Billy. Uh, they, they alternated on that in the manual. I can't tell if, like, Bayou Billy is, like, a, a known nickname for him or if they just, like, were, well, we put that on the title of the game, <laughs> so we should also call him Bayou Billy at some point in the manual so it's clear like <laughs> yeah, they also you know, do this thing where they make it seem like there are like actors playing these characters especially in the end credits like they gave each character like a like a real name well that's but, that's uh, a konami thing right like yeah, they love doing say, that we've where, had games like that before <laughs> yeah they they seem to do that a lot where it's like oh it was all a movie like nobody really got hurt <laughs> it was all a movie <laughs> they pulled that twist on us in castlevania <laughs> yeah that's right forgot about that uh and then okay so it's Bayou Billy, and then also Godfather Gordon, um, the local crime boss who kidnaps Billy's girlfriend, Annabelle. And, you know, that's that's really all you need to know about the plot. But what does that say about, like, how close that is to... And I'm not saying this game is like Super Mario Brothers, but, you know, how close it is to Super Mario Brothers that, like... Is that just, like, a known video game thing at this time that, like, it's just simple enough? If you don't have a plot, just default to the villain capturing the girlfriend or the princess oh, yeah. or something? I like, think that's just a storytelling thing in general. It doesn't matter if it's uh, a, a video game or or an, an action movie. It, I think I think this is one of just those uh, boilerplate plots that you can slap on anything. Would you argue yeah. that that's still true, though, Sean? Uh, you know, whereas, like, now it seems like when movies do that trope, it's taken to almost like parody levels of, you know, um, not that Taken is a parody, but, you know, like that's a <laughs> it's a hyper extreme movie where like, you know, they're clearly going off of the trope of like, you know, his daughter's been taken and now he's going to stop at nothing. And he, you know, the action scenes are over I the top. I think or that even... you, just, you just answered your question. I think that, I mean, yeah, Taken is one of the most basic versions of this, but I think if you, if you expanded, uh, 
if you expanded the um uh the scope of this to like oh it's just a kidnapping plus this and that then i think that a lot more movies and tv shows would probably fall into it i don't know (laughs) i also think like particularly with with early video games right now like like think of how many times we've had this trope just on this podcast so far and i think back then you know not always but a lot of the time people were you know developers were not like we need to make the best story in this video game story was just one little check mark in in a list of things they were trying to make with like gameplay and graphics probably being more important to a lot of these developers so they probably just picked the most generic like oh yeah there's a story okay well maybe we can make a fun adventure out of this classic thing yeah yeah and, and cool. while you move through the game through like you know different places and locations and even different genres of gameplay uh it just seems like at the end of every uh, level, it's just a reminder that Godfather Gordon has Annabelle. And I don't <laughs> even know if we like really needed that. Like, Also, how is he communicating with Bayou <laughs> Billy at the, between stages? Does he call him on a phone? No, no, and, no. It's just and, a scene. It's a scene change. You know, the, the, at least the audience knows. <laughs> but he's speaking directly to Billy. Like, yeah. oh, you, you got well, through that, it. but... <laughs> you know, uh, but I guess stepping like, away saying- for a second from from like the story itself, like I, I, sorry, but like the this manual is probably my favorite of all the ones that we've read so far, um, because in addition to this ridiculous story that is really just you know a different uh, different decorations on the same archetypical plot that we keep seeing, uh, it's colorfully written. It's not, there's no like huge grammatical errors. Uh, and it seems to be having fun. So I, I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, yeah I, no, I chuckled a, a few times while reading yeah. that. It's funny. They're pouring a lot of love into it for sure. But um, I guess that's what I'm saying is, is it's like, it seems to be that like the plot is, or, you know, at least the, the characters they've designed have, have a lot more like, they have more of a vision for it. But then the actual game, like, never does anything with it. I guess, like, when you look yeah. at, like, Ninja Gaiden, right? You could say that that's kind of similar, right? Like, when you boil it down, it is the same trope. But, like, there's there's actual, like, plot turns and, like, you know, oh, like, your father's dead now. And, like, no, it's turned out that he's been turned into this evil enemy that, you know, is revealed to you. It's, like, those things all sound great. And it seems like Konami has a vision of that, but then just decided, like, but we don't really need to, like show that in the game like we'll just keep reminding you that annabelle is captured (laughs) i don't see bowser telling you like at the end of every level like hey just a reminder i'm i'm really close to beating the shit out of peach but but also going back to kind of what you were saying before not using the taken example but but just the fact that this trope now in movies is a lot of times used in parody as well like in like where things are over the top ridiculous because it's like, oh, this trope's been done a million times. And I almost feel like that's what they're doing here. They're like, they're making it over the top because they're like, ah, like another, you know, another like guy kidnapped, you know, bad guy kidnaps your girlfriend. Like you got to save her. And they, and they have this like, I don't know, this goofy story that revolves around it that, that pokes kind of pokes fun at itself. Yeah. What's the, what's the Keanu movie with the dogs where the dog, you know, his John dog is John Wick, right? Oh, yeah, like, yeah. where is the John Wick video game? Like, the hyper, like, you know, Bowser steals Peach again, and this time Mario's taking everything, like, to the next level of, like, stylization and, you know, just stunting <laughs> oh, okay. on everybody. And, like, like a Shadow the Hedgehog, but in the Mario world. 
you know what? There was a Shadow the Hedgehog game, and maybe that is the plot. Maybe somebody <laughs> took like he had a scientist he loved in Sonic Adventure Two. Maybe they took her. And I Marie would love to see a, a like an misanthropic emo Mario. I think that'd be pretty cool. People always wanted an M-rated Mario. I don't understand why. I don't see the appeal there at all. Uh, maybe they, you know, they're like, well, we grew up with Mario, so Mario should grow up. With I want us. a Mario with a face tattoo. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, w- I want a sleeping dog's Mario. Yeah, I agree. Uh, open world GTA like, but you know, set in that feudal Japan Super Mario Odyssey level. Uh, that's all Bowser's Kingdom. What show is this again? To talk, yeah, we're getting close to talking about the game. Uh, Bayou Billy, notable more so than anything for the fact that it is one third beat 'em up, one third light gun, one third racing game. Uh, and racing, I think, is like a weird term. I took that from the wiki, but I wouldn't describe these as racing levels. They're like mock rider esque. Where did we fall on like what you would call these kinds of uh like stages? I mean, they're, you know, they're driving levels. I, I wouldn't go so far to say it's a race because I, I mean, I guess it's a race against time, but. It's just a driving level with but a timer. But is it even is there a timer in this? <laughs> yeah, I mean like it's the timer is your fuel, but it, it acts as a oh, timer. Oh, right, right. And what do you think about like, you know, we've been praising games incorporating two genres. This is now like, hey, you guys love that shit. It seems like Konami served this up on a platter. <clears> today. So you're like, "Oh, you heard you guys like games inside games." So, here's three. <laughs> I, you know, I appreciated it. I, I, I get a vibe that maybe it won't be fully agreed with, but like, I think that they did a great job of making a well-rounded game. While that might have meant sometimes it was like a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none, I, I, I thought it was a good, you know, it, every time like a, like a change in play style came, it was welcome because it was like right when I was like probably would have started to get bored with the last one. And, and it, and then it kept it fresh for me. And I, and I thought that they were each at least passable but at best okay pretty good in some cases wow all right i guess you're gonna have to start explaining yourself in these uh in these more in-depth sections now yeah, yeah you well, su- go ahead <laughs> before we get it too in-depth though i would say one thing joe you know if you're saying that like it's great that they switched it up more often and gave you the variety and it like things didn't get too stale right i'd say you had me until you said things didn't get too stale because i would argue that these levels which seems short if you look at them on like a strategy wiki website or something like that, right? If you look at like the maps, you're like, oh, it's not that long. But the actual levels themselves, I felt like all overstayed their welcome, no matter which one it was. If it was the beat em up stages, I was like, okay, don't really need like another round of fighters here. Like, I feel like these fights go on forever. If it's the light gun thing, I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm getting shot at a lot. It's going to be hard to survive. If it's the driving levels, I'm like, wow, that's a really long way to the finish. Like, it's going to take <laughs> me a while to drive through all of this. So they just seem like I, I would cycle through them more often. See, I, well, I, I mean, I disagree with what you just said with everything except for the uh, beat em up stages. I completely was like, by the end of every beat em up stage, like, just get me out of this stage. Cause I do think, but I think that was more because of the mechanics of the beat em up stage were the ones that weren't perfect or were it, like, I think it was not even necessarily that the stage itself was too... I think the reason that the stage was too long was because they just made the enemies, like, take too long to kill. So, like, they made each little thing you have to do take too long. And I, and I thought that that got uh, a little annoying. But as far as the driving stage and the uh, especially the light gun stage, I thought that those were were engaging straight through for me. I mean, I, I, I never thought that... I, first of all, I thought the light gun stages were kind of short. 
Like I could have gone for a little longer on, on those. And I didn't use a light gun. Um, I used the controller, which surprisingly worked really well, which I, I wouldn't have thought would happen because I don't think I've played one of these light gun games without a light gun yet. Yeah, you weren't on our Operation Wolf episode last right. week where uh, that was also one that you could use a controller on. Um, but yeah, so, you, so I'm, I guess we have a little bit of a difference of opinion of those of those other two stages, but I, I thought those other two stages were really well balanced. So let's break it down then. Let's go into the beat 'em up first. Uh, something that very closely mirrors the double dragon style of gameplay that is currently prevalent in NES beat 'em up games. I, I mentioned double dragon because that's our reference for how to do it right. Uh, that's on our essential games list. I think it's the only beat 'em up on our essential games list. So it, it, it's it's taking that double dragon style. It's giving you uh, you know a button for punching, a button for kicking, and then uh, push both of them together, and you get a jump <laughs> kick. Which sounds great on paper, but I didn't appreciate that the only way to jump is to also do the jump kick. There should have just been, like, the up arrow on the D-pad, which isn't preferred. But, like, there just should have been another way to, like, do jumping in this game. Because that just feels weird. That, like, you're... Oh, whether If you need to jump in this game and there's no one to attack, you still have to do the jump attack button. Uh, but that's a small nitpick. Sean, thoughts on the beat-em-up? So, yeah, I had, I had high hopes for the beat-em-up beat em sections. Until, like, you know, I actually started fighting the guys, and like Mike was saying, uh, they take forever to kill, um, especially if you're hand-to-hand. Um, and it just seems that whenever you you put you push an input, there's, like, ever so slightly a delay um, that doesn't really occur in, like, these other be- beat-em-ups that we played. And they don't seem to have that, that same kind of delay. They seem to just know that you're in range and immediately... Uh, do a frame perfect punch. Um, you don't have enough range on your attacks. It it all added up. Like all of these things are kind of small um, when taken alone, but when they all get thrown in together, it becomes a very frustrating experience. And to be honest, like I I played through that first level like five or six times until. I was just like, okay, I'm going to go play the practice stage. And like, okay, I'll play the practice stage for the other different modes. And uh, I was like, okay, if I'm going to play through this for real, or at least like, not for real, um, but at least experience the game, I have to cheat. So I had to cheat uh, in this game just to just to get past the first level because the beat-em-up section is so poorly designed. Sean, may I ask real fast before we go over to Joe, was it the, like, you know, you were saying just the normal guys that you have, you know, that are basically acting like punching bags. Were you, were you stopped by them or did it get to the section where you have to fight the alligators? Uh, I actually got through the alligators pretty easily because I think I accidentally cheesed them like that. I didn't have to cheat for. I was just like, oh, if I stand here, they keep like spawning in a place that they just can't hit my hitbox. Um so the alligators were fine. It was um, the like gas mask dudes in the swamp later, um, along with like when they were paired up with the big burly dudes. So you've got like gas mask dude with a uh, um, uh, with a bulletproof vest, and you've got big burly dude with a rock. And that combination uh, was very very difficult. So I was just like, I can't do it anymore. 
<laughs> I might be remembering this wrong, but the gas mask guys are like scuba guys, right? Like they're coming out from the water. Yeah, I guess they're more <laughs> scuba, but yeah, their yeah. name. I just are... didn't want them to think like New Orleans had been in like a post-apocalyptic <laughs> no. setting. Yeah, I mean, for, you know. for for context, in the manual, their name is Jacques Kilstow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just this game has a sense of humor. Yes, yes, you're right. I forgot about that. Say, so, yeah, scuba, not gas mask. Strike it from the record, Mike. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Joe, thoughts on the beat 'em up stages? Yeah, I mean, I I definitely largely agree. As far as I think the beat 'em up stages are the weakest portion of this game by far, and it and it is. I I I don't I don't know that I noticed necessarily that the controls themselves were a problem, but it's more like the enemies. I don't know. It just feels like in any other video game, it would take like one one sixteenth the amount of hits on an enemy to kill the enemy. So like, it never ends up being like, oh, this is interesting. I have to think about a way to do it. It's just like I just got to hit that guy like sixteen times, <laughs> and like it gets a little frustrating after a while. Like it doesn't feel like it's it. There was a lot of thought put into like how that would work. Um, and and I and I definitely was very annoyed with the crocodiles. Um, and I did, like you did, Sean, I, I cheesed them after a while where I was able to stand a certain distance away from them and like hit them and they at a point where they couldn't hit me. But yeah. again, it's like, it's like 15 hits that I have to get on them and, and like, there's just, you sometimes you just absolutely can't get past them. So it just becomes you standing there off to the corner as they come at you and there's just like nothing you can do but try and hit them. And when you do it, when you do the cheesing way that I was doing, you only hit them one out of every like five swings. Mm-hmm. So it was really just like that. Those really just stopped down the level for me. But I will say that there were some points where like, I like at one point I realized I didn't even notice that I, that I had a gun. I picked it up from an enemy. I didn't even notice that like that was a pickup. <laughs> I didn't even realize then, I had a gun. Yeah. And when I started using that, um, like, and it would like kill an enemy in one hit. And it suddenly, I guess, you know, did a good job of making me feel like my ammo, first of all, was really valuable. Made me really think about, like, what weapon, when to use my gun, when to attack. And and kind of, in that sense, like, it, I think it did an okay job of doing that. And, and especially with some of the other weapons you pick up later. There was a whip that I used a lot. And, um... Well, know, a whip get, like, is indispensable. Knife. Yeah. What's it? What's the, that? The yeah, whip the whip is, is like, perfect. You have to use that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, th- I think unless you have the gun and you have the, enough ammo for it, the yeah. whip is the is the next best thing. But it's like keeps the enemies away from you. So like that on that level, I thought it was good. But I I did feel like that's the one where you know, like I said earlier, I agreed with Mike that that those levels are too long. Well, uh, you know, they're probably just too too long though because of this. Um you know, the amount of time it takes to defeat an enemy, right? Now put in a few enemies in each wave and then the number of waves. I just exactly. feel like you have to make a decision. It's either like, okay, there's going to be like, you know, the enemies <laughs> are, are really hard fights that you have to be very strategic about, like, you know, make sure like, you know, this is a fist fight, right? So they're going for some kind of realism here where like a bullet means an automatic death. But uh, a fist fight, you know, most people don't die in, like, you know, four punches. Like, you're going to have – you are seriously knocking these guys unconscious because you have to hit them, like, 16 times. So you are really beating them down to a pulp. But the trade-off there is that now you're saying, all right, so that's that's the amount of hits that it's going to take because this is a fist fight and we want it to feel like that. However, you're really testing the, the limits of the player here because you can keep saying, like, okay, well, now – you know, you saw how it was with one guy. All right, now it's two guys. Now it's three guys. Now it's alligators. You know, it's like <laughs> I feel like there was a certain decision made here where uh, they needed to actually step back and say, like, as we're building out the waves, we should test the game at this point and see if, like, how this feels, you know? And I'm not saying they didn't. We have no way of knowing. But it feels like 
They made the whole level, then tested it and said, well, we just programmed all this. So we're going to keep it. Um, <laughs> I don't know that like, I, you know, I don't know if like the bullet, you know, and, and having limited ammo, like, yes, that, that is like something that is really cool feeling and like, yes, you should conserve that stuff. But I don't know if it should be praised because it's like, I don't know, just make like, just make combat in general more interesting. Don't rely on, like, picking up a gun. Like, you know, you guys are both talking about the whip. I'm like, I don't know if you, you know, like, shouldn't you just have always had a weapon? You were coming into a fight. Like, I don't know. Like, should that have just been the thing? Should you have been a little more powerful than your adversaries? You're going up against a bunch of them. If they're the grunts and you're no more powerful than the grunts. Well, okay, this might be a little bit of a of a silly comparison. but But when I was talking about the gun thing, like... I almost think of that, like, in a slightly similar way to, like, the way The Last of Us makes me feel. Where it's, like, it makes me feel about conserving my ammo. And, like, it makes me feel like, like what do I want to use this bullet on? And, yeah, it, it is... It, like, I agree with you on everything else you're saying. I, I definitely think that, like, it was a gameplay... Like, the gameplay in, in these levels was kind of designed in a way that doesn't really let you, like, play it. You know, it makes you want to cheese it more. It makes you want to just, you know, avoid everyone, which you can't half the time, so you just got to... You know, like I found myself running in circles sometimes as people chased me and like staying the exact distance away from them where they can't hit me. And then every once in a while, I would come up behind them and hit them once, keep running in circle. Like that was like a strategy, which games should never be like unbalanced enough that you have to like resort to things like that. But I, I thought that the weapon thing was like the one thing that made me somewhat enjoy these levels where it was making me think like, okay, I got a gun here. Like I can use it on this guy. Okay. Maybe I got to kill that guy, but I'll save it for this because I know this guy's coming up or whatever. Um, but yeah. For for the gun, I I just the way that I would describe the gun, I still think that the in, the inclusion of it should be praised because it's a, we're in a beat 'em up game, and like I, I haven't seen a gun in a beat 'em up that that is supposed to be used like more situationally before. I think it does add like at, alone, like the, the idea of this alone, like sort of adds to the strategy of of this game, but the fact that um the baseline combat is so like sluggish that it really undercuts that inclusion. Like the, the, the gun would be much cooler if this were a much more polished game. Um, I don't think that it should be, I, I do think that it's inclusion should be praised in some way. And then also in these beat up stages, there's the boss fights too, uh, where, you know, these guys have, I think they get a separate health bar on the opposite side of the screen of where your health bar is. And, you know, they're they're significantly bigger. They have different ways of handling uh, combat than, you know, your usual grunt. Because uh, I think, like, you know, the first boss you go up against in this beat-em-up stage actually, like, can pick you up and throw you and do a massive amount of damage. And I feel like there's some real danger in that, too. Like, this feels... This feels like a little bit of a one-on-one style thing that we were talking about of like, well, if you have a weapon here, that would be great because then you can, you know, you can go through this fight a lot faster, but you also want to make sure you don't like just go, you know, like just lose it or or lose your opportunity because like whenever you die in this game, you lose all your stuff too. So, um, you know, the, the actual boss fights here have a balance of like, it's the same it's the same shitty combat that we've been talking about beforehand with all the different waves, but now it feels more personal. It feels like a one-on-one fight. I just wish that, like, I could be a little more creative than just trying to think of, like, ways to cheese it 
uh, as I'm going up against these guys because I'm being so cautious, because I'm realizing, like, you know, my health is a precious thing. If I have a weapon, I really don't want to lose it. Uh, and so I'm just trying to really, like, circle around the area and then get, like, you know, I'll get, like, a punch or a kick in, maybe, and then I'll go back to, like, you know, running away. Maybe that's the way they, uh, you know, they expected you to play out these boss fights. Be more conservative and and uh, play out that way. To me, it just felt like it doesn't match, like, how a beat-em-up usually goes down, right? Like, the pacing seemed off. Yeah, it seems to be, like, less, I mean, it seems to be, like, similar amount of enemies on screen, but just because it t- it takes so long to kill to kill them, um, there ends up being fewer screens, kind of, uh, and you spend way more time like just staring at each individual section. So yeah, it definitely feels sluggish. Joe, any thoughts on the boss fights? Yeah, I mean, similarly, I mean, I just felt like it's. It, it, I mean, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but like, it takes several hits before you even see their health bar to start going down did you guys notice that like yeah like it's like they, they have, have an the, invisible uh, health bar or they have yeah the, they have the, the colored bars they should have you know like yeah over each yeah it's like sephiroth's like, invisible health bar and it's just like things like that where it's like well why not at least give me the feedback i mean i i get that like there's there's a bulletproof vest in this game that that kind of gives you that ability so like they must have that or something similar to that when it just like feels like am i even doing anything i'm just sitting here like now like just hitting this boss over and over again while i'm getting destroyed and like it's, i'm not I don't even have any feedback so like it felt like a similar frustration there and I'm not sure what the answer is there, uh, given the game that we currently have. Like, I'm not sure how you make the the boss fights more engaging because it, it is a it's a scary threat to go up against, um, and they're not like they're not impossible uh, as like a one on one combat. I think that would suck if they were actually like also just you know really uh, really tough to beat and uh you know destroyed you no matter what you did like that would be my moment of giving up too so they are, they are beatable and I, it's not, not it's not terrible but it's like it's not interesting enough for the types of bosses we're going up against i, I thought like you know facing a gigantic dude with who's clearly like can throw me over his head and suplex me like i thought that was a pretty cool idea it's just nothing really happens with it, it doesn't go anywhere right So the next one we'll talk about is the light gun shooting portion of the game, uh, obviously used within NES Zapper here. And just, you know, quick observation here. I mean, last week we played Operation Wolf, and that was made by Taito. This game is made by Konami. So is it like, did Nintendo play a role in like the release dates of these games and saying like, oh, we should release Zapper games close to each other? Or like, I, I can't imagine... Konami and Taito would want it this way, where they'd be like, yeah, let's make two Zapper games and compete against each other. Like, feels like Nintendo just kind of threw these in here. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about that, or if, like, this is, like, a a weird point where, like, they're also both being used by a controller instead of the Zapper, if you so wish, whereas, like, the Nintendo Zapper games are, like, you must use the Zapper. Any thoughts here on any of this stuff? I, I don't know if it was just a coincidence. I, th- I think, like, the odds of it are coincidence, but... uh it is such an odd, um, like, cause we, like, Zapper games have been so sporadically released recently, um, that it's almost hard to believe that that's a coincidence. Um, otherwise, I think it was, it would definitely just be, uh, Nintendo of America 
saying like, oh, we're going to we're going to do this because they kind of they fit that same mold. Yeah, I wonder if like the the Nintendo action set uh, was being released like maybe like the Christmas before or something like, you know, that's the one that came with the zapper in it. So maybe they're trying to like justify they're like, no, it wasn't a waste that you bought that like. Those games that you played, like, yeah, they're still good, but now you also have these new Zapper games. Like, maybe they were trying to revitalize some Zapper interest, but they really don't go anywhere else with it from here on out. So it just seems strange <laughs> that we have back-to-back Zapper games. But let's not talk about Operation Wolf. Uh, let's let's stay on topic here with Bayou Billy. Joe, you were a fan of these uh, these like gun game, uh, like gun portion of this game, and you said that maybe it could have even been a little longer. Uh, what did you like so much about it? Yeah, well, I mean, I think, I think, like, first of all, I think it's clear that I am just a fan of Zapper levels and Zapper games. Um, and I didn't play this with the Zapper, but so I, I think part of it was that I was very pleasantly surprised at how well it worked with the controller. And I, and I did listen to your episode last week that you guys were on where you both said the same thing. So it was interesting to kind of experience that. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was, you know, it, it's not like it's, it's not like it's different, like super different from, uh, and I'm blanking on the name. There was another game like this. The whole game was like this. We played, like, I think in 87. I'm not going to remember it. But um, it's not like it's super different than things that we've seen before. But I just think it works really well. And it's nice It's nice for me to see, like... This Were you thinking of Freedom Force? Freedom Force. Yes, I was. Oh, Thank you. yeah. Um, which I voted essential, if that's the, if that's the one I'm thinking of. Um, you may have. Yeah. But, um, Sounds like a Joe move. <laughs> any Zapper game. Um, <laughs> but... I, I just, you know, thought it was nice to a nice way to like break up the adventure and make it feel like you're progressing, make it feel like you know this is something a little different. And admittedly, part of me was just having to imagine how cool it would be to just then bust out the zapper in the middle of playing this other adventure and be like, all right, now I'm shooting people. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was very clean and it worked very well. Um, and I love the fact that maybe this is something that we'll talk about later, but I love the fact that. On the menu screen, it allows you to go practice the zapper game. You don't have to play through. You can, like, get better at that first before you play through the adventure. So you can just play through the zapper levels at any time you want. And I thought that that was a really nice touch that kind of, like, makes it feel more like you're trying to to get, you know, you're trying to progress. You know, you can be like, all right, I'm going to practice this before I start. It's because I know that, you know, I'm I'm not good at the zapper game. You can do this with other levels, too. But, like, I'm not good at the zapper levels. I'm going to practice the zapper levels. Okay, now I'm going to start my journey, and I you get to the zapper level, and now you feel like you've kind of earned it. I'd say that these levels, um, like, I, yeah, it's it felt very much like uh, the last game we played. It was tight, like, with the, the, the controller controls, because, again, I don't have a zapper. Um, but I, I'd say that this had less going for it um, than remind me of the game we just played. Operation Wolf. Operation Wolf. <laughs> um, <laughs> because Operation Wolf had, uh, you know, the grenades, which you also had to keep track of. I don't I don't think there was ammo in this one. Um, was there ammo? Yeah, there is, there there is ammo yeah, because if you run ammo. out of it, it's, it's again, it's another Operation Wolf parallel. They both yeah. have a thing where, like, if you lose... You could, you can lose by running out of bullets. True. Okay. So the, not not that, but at least with uh, Operation Wolf, it, it seemed like there was a bit more challenge. Uh, I because I think as challenging, um, almost, uh, yeah, very much to the point of frustration at the beat 'em up portions of this game, where um, the 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 first person shooter, I guess, uh, portions of this game were kind of easy for me. I don't know if it was because 
I was just doing it with a controller, but there were certain points where like the enemies are dropping in like two or three different areas and you could just kind of like oscillate between those two spawn spots. Um, sometimes there'll be enemies running by, but your cursor r- moves fast enough that you, you never really have too big of an issue uh, catching up to them. Um, so I thought that like this was this is a bit more enjoyable, only so much that it, it felt more like a, a, a rest um, as opposed to the, the beat-em-ups. But yeah, I, I think that this was kind of half-baked too. I'd say the best part about these uh, light gun levels are where the enemies can hide. Like, yes, for the most part, they're spawning um, right out in the open, and it doesn't take much challenge to take those guys out. But, you know, maybe my reaction times aren't what they used to be. But I liked, like, occasionally just being like, wait a minute, is that a guy in, a, in the bushes? Like, you know, and, like, you, ba- <laughs> you just see his head, you know? like And, and then, like, you know, it's, he, he probably took some damage on me or whatever but like and then it's like satisfying to take those guys out because it's not like an entire uh you know an entire human's body that you have access to it's like you got to shoot the head and like they're you know they're they're in like the trees in the background i like how there was like a background a bushes area and then like the foreground you know like i like that there was like multiple even though it is all flat obviously and the zapper yeah. can't differentiate like it More is like a it, classic it is shooting cool. gallery Right, you have to like pay attention to all areas of, of the um, of it, and I wasn't sure uh, if they were just spawning randomly, like you know, uh, each time, or if they were being like properly placed. Uh, Joe, I don't know, you know, maybe the practice would have revealed that to you. Did was it always the same placements? I don't quote me on this, but I thought that they were placed. I like, I'm pretty sure I remember like redoing the level and and starting to kind of like learn the patterns, um, but I'm not positive. Yeah, because I was thinking about that even, like, when you get to the helicopter boss fight, th- those felt kind of random of when those soldiers, like, pop out of the helicopter or from the sides. Um, so I, w- I wasn't sure, but yeah, I- it would make sense. Placement would make a lot more sense for something like this, because I imagine it would be hard to program, like, randomly showing up in the bushes or, or stuff like that. Right. But but I had I had fun with the zapper portion of this game. I did find it a little challenging though not in the sense of like you know game over screens all the time or anything like that but there's a lot of enemies on the screen and i feel like you know if let's say there's four right even if you take out like three you're probably going to get shot by one of them and that results in a loss of you know one health bar so i feel like that is you know along the course of a stage that is kind of tough because they are hitting you as you keep going through so you do have to worry about it later on during the boss fights like I think it would be rare to go into the boss fights with a full health bar, and you, you know, not that you need it, but it would be helpful when dying counts as so much in this game. Yeah, I think that like based on based on previous experience, I think it might not necessarily be easier with the zapper, but I think it would be more doable with the zapper, like because you don't have, you're not limited to the speed that you move the cursor. It's just wherever you point, you can shoot. So if you're if you're quick enough on your reflexes, I think with the zapper that wouldn't be as much of a problem. Yeah, just but shoot point just blank at the TV screen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you don't cheat, then then what I'm saying applies. Hey, they're getting close to the TV screen. Why shouldn't you? That's true. That's true. It's a very good point. Um, but yeah, I think overall, like what you guys, well, especially what Sean's saying too, kind of likens back to what when I was saying that, like this, at least the way I feel about it is, it's a jack of all trades, master of none. Like I think that it does the light gun thing well. Um, but yeah, it's not. It's not like 
as good as other light gun game things we've done before. But it's cool to see the variety. You know, it, it feels this game feels a little bit like a little triathlon of, of games. You know what I mean? And I feel like this. Yes, the, it, it does give me a little bit of like uh, I get to rest from that part that I'm like not crazy about. But also, I'm definitely like on the edge of my seat. Like, okay, I gotta try and beat this stage this time. You know, like it feels like a fun challenge and not like the previous stage, the beat 'em up stage, where it's like a little bit of like, okay, I think I figured out a way to just cheese this because it's just way too, you know, way too difficult otherwise. Does the game really need this though? Like, I. I, I think you know what I mean by saying that. I'm not saying, like, it's good or bad or anything like that. Does it actually need this whole light gun shooting portion of it? Like, is the game so long or such a slog that, like, oh, well, this will help, you know, keep people engaged and, and it's something different? Like, I, I don't know, like, how much this feels like the rest of the game between the beat-em-up and the driving levels. Like, how... I don't know. Like, maybe it was the maybe it was the first-person view. Maybe it was, like, the swamp setting... Uh, maybe it was just like the idea that like a guy who was fighting with his fists a second ago and had nothing else available to him now has like a gun with like a a plentiful amount of bullets uh more more so than you would expect from a guy who in the beat em up levels only gets like you know i think it's like less than six shots with the gun um so i, I think it i mean yeah i guess no game needs anything uh but i think this does this does add value to the experience. It, like it, for somebody that has a light gun, the the library for that's pretty small. Um, you might want uh, your light gun game to be more than just a light gun game. Um, I, I think it adds value. I don't think not not about adding value though. I guess I just wonder: is, does it feel out of place in this game? Do you felt I, like it just was like, oh yeah, now I'm going into the zapper <laughs> stage? Like, of course. I guess like contextually, it maybe doesn't do like. I don't know. I mean, even trying to think of, like, Golgo 13, like, how well that those were, like, split apart. But, like, contextually, maybe it feels out of place. But I think gameplay-wise, like, I don't know. I think the variety is the draw. Like, I think that without that variety of these, like, of these three totally different types of game, this would just completely melt into, like, the, like, super mediocre, even bad games that we've played. Like, it's just... It's just another boring game where this game made me interested in it, you know, not just the zapper, but combined with the zapper and the driving sections. Um, right. At this point, they this. should have added like a high stakes, you know, Texas Hold'em game into the one of the levels, too, at <laughs> hey, the end of it. I'm in like, for Now it. you're in my poker tournament. I, I'm in for it. We, you know, we've seen people try to do this before and like to, to varying degrees of success. And I think that they did a decent job minus the, the first level. I just question the context is all. I'm not saying like the zapper levels are shit and they shouldn't be in the game. I just I just question why I guess, they're here. I guess, but it's a tremendous sort of like value having, to the customer. Yeah, I guess it's like having a not not like a Halo game, and then there's a Connect portion. I guess yeah, if you if you look at it that way, um, it's out of place, um, and I guess that means it's not needed. But yeah, I I still think that it in this sort of like not so uh mature video game space um it 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 fits well enough but Sean you did make the best the best argument yet which yeah. is the value thing like that is clearly something that like you know is at the front of Konami's head if not Nintendo's is like you want to give a tremendous value for the game that you're buying you want people to think like I must buy this game because of everything it's bringing 
to the experience. So that is the most compelling reason of why to include a game that is a zapper game, uh, a normal, like, you know, beat em up style arcade game, and has, like, driving levels, too. Like, yeah, that's definitely the sell. When you read that in a magazine, you're like, I must buy this game. It's three different games. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, to address what you said a minute ago, Sean, about, like, the Connect game being added to to an Xbox game or something, the, the way that I sort of kind of... I guess it's just it just depends on, like, your perspective on it or the way you, you like to look at it. But the way that I was sort of feeling about it was a little more like... um. Like, we'll say a Ratchet and Clank game, because those are just games that I know really well. Like, obviously, those games are all largely, like, one style of gameplay, but, like, then you have the racing section, and then you have the section where you get into turret, and you're suddenly, like, first person shooting down ships, and then you have the section where you're on grind rail, and, like, they're all different little, like, mini games within the game that help get you there. Is that you're using the same input method. Like, it's always a controller, uh, so everything feels a bit more fluid, because you don't have to run and, not run and grab, but, like, now you don't have to put your controller down and grab the gun, and now you're shooting with the gun. Uh, it, it feels a little bit more disjointed. And I guess as I keep talking, I'm, I'm siding more with Mike <laughs> on this. Uh, but um, the, the mixed input method, I think, is where uh, that, that feeling of disjointedness kind of comes from. Not so much different modes of play. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I see what you're saying on like, yeah, on like actually like the physically like having different yeah. controllers. But then personally, I feel like that that is a minimal. Like that's still. I'm not saying that they did it perfectly, but now just the just the idea, the concept of like switching input methods doesn't bother me if it's done right. Which I think this was done okay. Could yeah. have been done better. But like, if I see a game done really well where you have to put down your controller and pick up like a gun, I think that could be a really cool thing. You know, I, I don't think that that's necessarily a negative. And you'll have to change inputs again, Joe, because we are now talking about the driving levels of the game. <laughs> uh, you know, I think driving levels, you know, we were talking about this. They're definitely not racing levels in my book. You're not racing anybody. Um, could be a race against your gas, though, as Sean mentioned earlier on in the episode. Uh, it's just it's like mock rider stages. You know, they, the, they have this fake 3D look to them and the roads bend uh, at, at a moment's notice. But I think you can tell. Actually, I would argue that you can tell here. More so than in any other one of these games that we've played, uh, that, you know, that the road is about to bend. And I actually found myself enjoying the driving portions of this game, specifically because there's like enough, there's like enough control over your car. There's enough, like, there's not too many other vehicles littered, so you have time to shoot them because you have, I, I, they're saying it's grenades, but I thought it was just bullets from the car. Do we have a verdict on whether it's grenades or bullets? I think it's grenades. That's interesting. You're just yeah, you, you have a car equipped with shooting grenades in New Orleans. And um and and I just liked how I liked how much control you had over your environment and over the other vehicles. And then it all comes crashing down when you realize that like, oh, I made it through like twenty five percent of the stage, and even though I unfortunately did crash into a pole that I didn't see, uh, you know, I get to start right over again so let me just keep going along you know like i get to start right where i am so now i go a little bit further i maybe get to like the 40 percent mark and that's being generous and then i hit another pole and it's like all right simple mistake like i see what i did there i'm gonna fix this just respawn me back in and it does that and that's really nice i'm like wow i can't believe this game is just gonna like allow me to just pick up right where i left off because i have the lives for it and then all of a sudden you don't have the lives for it anymore you realize you made it 
maybe 50% of the way through or 60% or whatever. And you're like, all right, no big deal. I'll just continue. Hopefully the game doesn't start you all over again. Uh, and they don't. And you're like, oh, that's a relief. But they start you back at the beginning of the level. <laughs> and it's like, well, that was a really long stage. Am I going to really remember all of the twists and turns and all of the pulls I hit from earlier on? Am I going to be able to remember perfect? that? <laughs> Am I going to be able to be perfect for this long? I don't know. It felt like it felt like the length of this stage was what hurt it from being fun. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I guess they are they are a little long. Um, I, I felt like I felt like a lot of the obstacles were were easy enough to avoid. Like if you're prioritizing um, avoiding things that are that are going to make you explode um, and maybe allowing yourself to, to take a hit from like, I don't know, a puddle or oil slick or whatever the hell those things are um, that just, yeah, just slows you down a bit. I thought that it was manageable enough. Like I, you could sort of like juke the helicopters to, to drop uh to drop stuff on uh, like the sides of the road. Um, what are they dropping? Bombs I don't, I don't even know. I don't They're like know. torpedoes or something. Um, but I don't know. I didn't find these too challenging. There are some frustrating moments just with, you know, fuel or time, whatever you want to call it. But um, I also didn't see anything way too, uh, anything great about them either. I mean, I guess it's got a bit of a sense of speed. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, once again, I really didn't find this too long. I, I... It was long, and I and I see what you're saying about having to start the levels over after you lose all your lives, but I thought that that was a that was a good balance. I mean, it, it was it didn't it didn't just put you back right where you died, but it didn't send you back to the beginning of the game, which so many games have done so far. And it is, yeah, it is like you do have to sort of practice and like get better at this, which again they include in the in the menu. But I thought that this was a fun addition, and I and I you know I agree that it wasn't like there wasn't anything like absolutely amazing about the driving like compared to like a game that would maybe focus solely on on this kind of driving but it was in a game that has a lot a lot lot of other things in it like i thought it was it was another fun switch up and it didn't overstay its welcome for me like i'm sure i would have gotten bored because they would have needed to add add a little more to it if they wanted to make a full game out of it but for being like a two levels in this game (laughs) i i enjoyed these parts no, I, I love the stages, don't get me wrong. Like, I love the, the driving levels, and I think they are a good challenge. Um, I, I question, you know, uh, my gameplay abilities, I suppose, uh, because I did find these challenging. I found the driving levels to be, you know, not unforgiving all the time. You know, it's not one of those things where I'm constantly dying or an enemy spawns out of nowhere and I crash into him, or I don't even think there's, like, you know, there's not, like, the Mock Rider-style obstacles of, like, puddles and uh, other things that make you, like, slip and slide around. So, like, it's 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 generally a relaxing experience compared to, you know, the reflex moves of the light gun shooting part or just the slow draw of the um, beat-em-up stages. So I really like these. I guess I just question my own gameplay ability because I found myself to be struggling uh, with these driving levels over over the course of the entire level. You know, enough uh, that, like, you're, you're talking I don't to somebody if... that had to cheat for the uh, the beat em up portion, so I think you're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, I mean, I I definitely struggled too, and then I started practicing over and over. You know, like that that is another thing about the practice where it makes you. I feel like it makes you feel like this is like uh, 
it makes your goals more like tangible. It makes you feel like, okay, I'm going to try and beat this game, but not like other games where it's like, I just have to keep trying over and over again and just get better like that tedious way. But it's like, okay, I know I'm bad at the driving parts. I can just go play the driving parts and get better at those before I play the game. And I don't know, that just gave it a little more like, I don't know, like a cooler feeling of progress to me. I really should have done the practice uh, mode stuff. You keep bringing it up, Joe, but I think we should just mention what it is real fast. It's it's another game mode that you can select from the main menu uh, that basically is like a shorter version of select stages that lets you, like, you know, figure out how to play. Like, you know, oh, I'm not good with the zapper, so I want to get better, you know, or I want to get better at driving. So there's shorter stages, but then when you complete these practice stages you are awarded a power-up that can be used in the actual game. And that, that's a pretty cool bonus for, like, it's almost like a hidden feature that shouldn't be so hidden. I'm sure it's mentioned in the manual or whatever, but, like, that seems very uh, helpful to any player who's who's going through this game because you're probably going to need those power-ups. Yeah, no, I thought that that was a cool... Because usually these, like... Uh, it, uh, we've played games with practice modes, Um but they're usually just like an afterthought slapped on. Um, and it's it's a very simple thing that, that adds to um, their inclusion of, yeah, just adding that stat boost or that extra life or whatever the rewards are to, to make it feel more a part of the whole package. Uh, I really like that. Now, Joe, you're the one who played practice mode, so I want to hear your thoughts. Oh, I did too. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, uh, sorry, Joe. Just keep bringing it up. You can't shut up. <laughs> yeah, I, I literally have said it on every <laughs> section of the of the podcast so far. Um, no, yeah, like I said, I, mean, I think I've said my piece about it. I I, I think that that it, that it adds a lot to the game, and it gives you also just the, the option to just play your favorite type of level because the levels are so different. I mean, that might not not necessarily be like depending on how you want to look at that, that can be a plus, like a positive or a negative. I mean, if if it's like you just hate the rest of the game and you only want to play that part, that doesn't, you know, speak well to the game. But if it's like, oh, my favorite part is the first-person shooter parts, or like I want to have a friend over to play a Zapper game, you can just jump into the Zapper game. I think that's really neat. I definitely like the reward thing, though, and I almost wonder if, like, should should that have been a... Um, should that have been something in in this game in the in the main modes too though of like you know the way that you get the power-ups in in this game mostly you know are in the beat-em-up stages just by like you punch an enemy and then you know maybe a turkey falls out of them um (laughs) you know it sounds ridiculous but that's what happens um that's how you find most of the power-ups in this game uh other times it's like you shoot uh in the light gun stages you shoot the guy and then it's like oh there's a bulletproof vest so you collect that you know like cool um, all, all, all those things check out and, uh, you know, they're typical for video games, but I wonder if there was like another incentive of like a, a certain random thing or, or not random or based on performance that you could get to help you with the next stage, uh, similar to the practice mode. It seems like it's a feature already built in like that. They can, they can make that work. So it would have probably enhanced, uh, playthroughs of like, you know, oh, how well did you do during the beat em up stage? Well, now you have this in the light gun round. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, man, I think that it, first of all, it's cool that they, that they include power-ups there, but it would be, yeah, it would be really cool if they made it, like, almost more integral to like, the overall. Yeah, because the power-up thing, like, the, the overall situation of the power-ups is just strange in general. It's, it, you know, we're even calling them power-ups, we probably should just call them items. Yeah. Uh, but, like, you know, dying at any point in the game results in the loss of whatever weapon you had and the bulletproof vest. Now, 
If you have both, you'll lose both. If you have either, you'll lose either one you have. It's very simple. No matter what, you're losing these things anytime you die. But this also counts in levels where they have no effect. So if you had a weapon that you were carrying over from like a light gun stage to like a later beat-em-up stage, well, it doesn't matter if you die during the light gun stage because now that weapon is gone too. I guess like logically that checks out. But, uh, you know, continuity in general would end for that person if they died. That's true. Uh, like, what they Your do? Like episodic they, memory stops. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they blacked out and they were like, oh, cool, let's take his knife. And then they were like, all right, but let him get back up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, I, th- I, mean, I, I think dying in a video game is like, you know, it, you, you're playing a different version of this person in the multiverse. So, uh, it, it, Who also did everything exactly the same before that, though, minus having the knife? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Exactly. That that checks out for my Um, explanation. Yeah. See, I actually didn't realize that that's how it worked, though. That like in the shooting level, if I died, that I would lose. I thought it was actually just every time you went to a new level, you lost your older power ups because I always died at the next level. So I never, I never felt the other. I never experienced the other way around where I got the carryover. Right? Yeah, I never got through like the shoot 'em up and then the driving level without dying, and then got back to a beat 'em up and was like, "Hey, I still got my weapons." Um, you know, it's just you know, neat game idea for the people who make games who have made games for us. I mean, we had a game jam earlier this year. Check out that episode and play those games. If anybody wants to do this, make a platforming game where like. Anytime you fall into a hole or die by an enemy, you, like, immediately respawn to where you were, like, five seconds before that. And then once you beat the game, during the credits, it shows you your playthrough where you were the one who was perfect. <laughs> like, who never made any of the mistakes, and it just shows you your entire playthrough. I think that'd be amazing. I feel like there is a game like that. It kind of sounds like Super Meat Boy, but that shows all of your deaths, too. Um, but, no, do it. Like, even if it's not been done before, do it. Do it. Do it. There you go. Godfather Gordon or whatever his name was. Um, his laugh in the cutscenes. Go he, ahead. You know, like the synthetic, <laughs> the synthetic laugh. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, like that they that they create, and also for for the game itself, for the game title. Um, all all really cool stuff. That, that whenever there's voice synthetic stuff, I like it. I just thought the laugh here was just something worth calling attention to. Uh, it was very strange. <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't like a. You know, it wasn't like a human laugh. <laughs> I can't Niche. imagine it right now in my head, but but I did, did notice that there was dreams? some cool voice stuff. I'll, I'll play it back for people here. <laughs> but that sounds well, great. What, what you just played, like for the audience, that that was very uh, um, disturbing. So I agree. <laughs> Joe says it sounds great. <laughs> uh, no, not that. I mean the Bayou Billy, like when oh. uh, that, that's what I said at the top, right? Yeah. 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 That, that one sounds really? like. We've come a long way, I think, from Bubble Bibble back in when we played that game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? The IntelliVoice, which was an add-on for the Intellivision, now that was a really good voice synthesis system, and that had some really cool stuff. But it was actually yeah. like you had to plug the IntelliVoice into the cartridge system of the Intellivision and then plug the Intellivision cartridge into your IntelliVoice, and then all of a sudden your games would now have, your older games, keep in mind, would now have voice functionality added to them. That's crazy. You mean like yeah. you could tell it? You could just say like left, and you'd go left or something. Oh no 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 no! Like it would have voices now in it. But oh. where would the voices like who developed they, those voices for the, the machine? Games. Yeah yeah. Where are the other ghosts in the machine? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yep. 
Where's the um, where's the in- Intella smell that makes uh, <laughs> Burger Time? Is where you can smell the burgers Ooh. you're making. Burger Time was a fever dream by the chef. Don't forget, Sean said it first. Uh, all right. Also, a quick observation here: avoiding damage during the uh, one of the light gun boss fights, um, the one before you get to Godfather Gordon. Uh, it's it, it's impossible to avoid damage during that particular boss fight if you reach. The machine gunman and his knife throwing partner without enough health, you will die. Like you're dead before like it's predetermined. It is written. It is written <laughs> because you have to take a certain amount of hits. You're forced to. Like there's no way to even like I guess with the best equipment that you know hackers have, there's no wow. way to dodge <laughs> taking equipment taking taking damage because you know, like the light gun does the whole like register of the flash and hitting you and everything like that. And these ones are like forced into the gameplay. So you must take that damage. So if you don't come in with enough health, you're dead. Huh? It's not your fault. I still like those light gun levels, Joe. I didn't think so. (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't know about this. So maybe that's, maybe that's, uh, it's, I was better off, uh, ignorant, you know, ignorance is bliss. What are your other thoughts on this game, Joe? Any, any stray thoughts? Well, I have a straight thought if we want to kind of move away from the game itself. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that is that there is, and I'm trying to remember what it's called on the menu screen, there is a mode called music mode or sound uh, like mode. sound mode or something like sound that. Sound mode. And that mode is just something I would have loved as a kid. Maybe not exi- particularly for this game, but for like all of my games. Where it literally just lets you go in there and select any music track in the game and just listen to it. Not only that, like sound effects too. Yeah, sound effects and like the little voice files and the laugh and like literally every sound that's in this game, um, which that's cool. I mean, that's neat if you're interested in in it when you're a kid. But also the music. It was just designed for kids to make like prank calls and use that as like a soundboard. (laughs) Yeah, perfect. That adds more value to this game. (laughs) Um, But I mean, the amount of times when I was a kid that I that I would like turn on, I would go into the ice path in Pokemon Gold and just listen to the music. Or like I would, you know, I'd play like, you know, some Game Boy game or, or a PlayStation game and just turn on, you know, turn sound effects off and just listen to that music. I mean, nowadays it doesn't really matter. You can look anything up. You can find everything on YouTube or you can find it on Spotify or whatever. But like back then it was, that would have been a really cool feature. I would just argue that, yeah, I love sound effect modes and they should be all over the place um in any game you should be able to select uh any of the music you want to hear and and the sound effects and stuff like that a lot of times it's hidden in games maybe like the devs hit it somewhere but like you know you have to like put in a certain input on the main menu screen to find it's like yeah just screw that just put it out there man like just put it on the freaking menu and let me select it yeah do it do it sean what about you any uh straight thoughts um I you know I don't know. I liked uh, I like Bourbon Street. It kind of reminds me of you know that's just what Bourbon Street's like. It's people yeah, picking yeah. fights. Well, you know what? You bring up a good point though, uh, Sean, <laughs> about about one particular thing. Okay, it, does Godfather Gordon run New Orleans so much that like no civilians should be about? Like even in the light gun levels, there's no like gotcha people that you're not supposed to shoot like you're supposed to just kill everything you run into oh in this it's game. you know There's it's n- probably like it, it's obviously nighttime uh when the game is happening and we all know that bourbon street clears out at like sundown <laughs> so it, it's very realistic yep yep i think it just makes godfather gordon really uh really an intimidating villain you're like oh my like the world building there yeah uh, how much everyone's afraid of him <laughs> 
Godfather Gordon should really have his own game, too. I'd like to hear more about him. Yeah, or a movie. Sequels and spinoffs. Did you think that there was going to be a section there for this? Is there a there Godfather Gordon game? Please say there are none. <laughs> there are games, uh, or rather media, in the uh, Adventures of Bayou Billy uh, cinematic universe. Okay. Um, so the first thing we need to talk about, though, is that there is a Famicom game called Mad City. Yes. Okay? Yeah, I'm surprised and, we haven't talked about this yet. Yeah, Mad City is this game, but the Japanese version of this game. And the NES version is just a harder version in every which way you can imagine of this game called Mad City. So uh, enemies in the beat-em-up stages, have, uh, you know, they have less health. They don't attack as frequently. Um, it's not you, uh, you have, Bayou-centric. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's not Bayou centric. We don't have, but even like, even just gameplay wise, I'm just going over the gameplay here. Like, you have you have more ammunition in the light gun stages in Mad City. Um, the the uh, the driving stages, like the road, is actually wider. Like, there's more room to be spread out. It's like whoever, like, whenever they brought this over, they were either like angry at Americans or they thought like Americans are really good at video games. Because they just made every possible decision along the way to make this a harder game, uh, gameplay-wise. That seems to be, a, like, a common thread, though. Like, usually when games... I mean, not always, but it, it never, like, it gets easier crossing the ocean. It's always, like, the American version... The the American port is always harder for some reason. I don't it, know. Is it... I, I would have thought... I'm the, only, the only example I can think of is um, Mario 2, the the original Japanese Mario 2. Wasn't that, like, not even brought here because they thought, like, oh, Americans aren't good enough at video games oh, to play? Yeah, but Nintendo of America were the only people smart enough. I think Sean's right here. I think most of the time when we get these ports, we find out that the Japanese one actually had, like, two modes, easy and hard or something, you know? like Oh, interesting. They, we usually just get the hard mode huh. for some reason. I also make gross generalities uh, or gross generalizations that end up wrong pretty often on this podcast, so <laughs> it could be either way. Now, Mad City does lose all the... Um, New Orleans stuff and everything like that. But but the general idea is still the same. Uh, but the Famicom version has four possible endings. And the NES one only has the one normal ending where you save Annabelle and uh, get the kiss and all that. So blah, blah, blah. That's, that's cute and everything. And that's the normal ending that one should expect. But there's three other endings that you could get here. Uh, <laughs> after beating the last boss, Annabelle comes out of a door. She walks over to you. And in Mad City, you can move around during this scene. <laughs> like run away from you, her? <laughs> yeah, if you run away from her and stay away from her long enough, you'll get an alternate ending where Annabelle decides that Billy no longer wants her and she goes her separate way. <laughs> That's crazy. Why? <laughs> Not something you're allowed to do in the NES version. Um, another one, okay? This one cracks me up. The ending... That uh, this ending gives you that after you have beaten the game, it informs you that you have cheated because you used the power ups that you gained from the practice oh, mode, come and on. therefore re- <laughs> refuses to show you any ending at no. all. It just says the end yeah, in no, white text. The, that's so that that's evil. Yeah, that's bullshit because they, they, that's there like to entice you to do that stuff. They gave you those, yeah, but now they're saying, no, you cheated. You had these power-ups. You just get the end. You, you took don't this get government handout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, the last one, which, again, just amazing that there's even this many endings, 
if you hold the up uh, button on the D-pad and the select button during the ending, during mid-scene, Annabelle and Billy will change the dialect of Japanese that they are speaking, and Billy will ask Annabelle for a kiss, to which she turns to the player and implies that uh, she knows that they are watching and Whoa. she cannot kiss Billy. I actually just got chills. <laughs> she she knows that uh, other people are watching uh, us. Wait, that we're watching? Oh, that's creepy. That we're watching. That's some that, like, Kojima you know, shit like, right there. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, but it, why isn't if she can see us? Why isn't she afraid that like we've been possessing her boyfriend this entire game? Well, to begin because with? now you're like she's in physical contact with them and she can feel it. I, I right, think that she's telling him. I yeah. think that she's always known. Like they maybe they all always know, and, and then he's like, "Shut up! Like don't ignore, don't let them know. We know they're here. You know, it's like very like, like <laughs> they just have to smile and like grin, bare their teeth through it, and like knowing that like every moment is this horror for them. They're like, <laughs> "No, we, we're video game characters. We have to stick to the script," and they just keep going. <laughs> or he'll turn the game off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also a comic book series called The Adventures of Bayou Billy, believe it or not, and it was released by Archie Comics, and I think it's notable for being the first video game, like, actual, like, you know, like, video game comic book series. Did like, it have a long from, run? Uh, what's that? Did it have a long run? No, it did not. Uh, um, I think, like, eight issues, maybe six, um, but it came before Sonic the Hedgehog got his Archie Comics, so uh, that's just kind of crazy that, like... When you know when they're looking for video games to adapt and turn into comics, they went to Bayou Billy first. Wow! <laughs> and then also Bayou Billy appears in an episode of Captain N, the Game Master. We haven't talked about Captain N in a while. The episode was called "How's by You." I don't, I don't know the pun there. Uh, um, how, how is you? Uh, how is yeah? How's by you? Uh, how's about you? How's, how's about, about you? This is like a All live. Right. Like it's like a, another out. game. Uh, playing uh, playing on the difficulty of its real world counterpart, Bayou Billy was said to be the one game that even Captain N was unable to conquer. That's kind of funny, right? Captain N, he's the video game master. He's like, yeah, I can't beat Bayou. Yeah. The Adventures of Bayou Billy. Yeah, whatever, huh? man. <laughs> and then a sentence, a sentence nobody should really ever have to say, but I'm gonna say it. It's the plot of the episode. Mother Brain had Dr. Wily build a robot cat to have Duke lead Captain N to Bayou Billy's world. Captain N ended up meeting Bayou Billy, where he learned some tricks from him. I feel like we didn't learn a damn thing, and that's way too many characters that in that was first word, sentence. That was like word salad to me. I don't even know what, <laughs> you, what you meant by yeah, it. Yeah, like, it was like you plugged you plugged in a bunch of video game stuff into like an AI that's supposed to like did you deliver read, like a Did you write Ready Player One? too good too good um you know yeah i didn't but uh, it seems like i could have you could have based on that sentence you know uh joe you mentioned ai algorithms and one thing that ai algorithms cannot figure out is whether where or whether what no i'm sorry go ahead what'd you say to me (laughs) did he say that (laughs) yes he did he said uh it sounded like an ai oh he did did. i'm sorry and uh, I was going to say that the one thing that, you know, AI algorithms cannot figure out is where or whether or when an NES game belongs on a little thing we call the Essential Games List. Joe, 
The Adventures of Bayou Billy, the essential games list, is it on there? <laughs> um, so I will say that I, I, I enjoyed this game a lot, as you guys could tell. Um, and I did consider voting this essential. The only thing that prevented me was the was the main uh, the beat 'em up stage, which is probably more only than a third of, of the game. <laughs> What's that? Only most of it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like like that that was the one thing that I couldn't bring my if it if that part was better, I would have voted this essential because I think. First of all, yes, it, I, I keep saying it's a jack of all trades. Where you might say, like, well, if it's not, if it's not like great at anything, it's just good at everything. That wouldn't even be good enough either. But I, I think that there's value to that. I mean, there's a there's a game. It's a little different because it's it's hook is being co-op, but a way out. I don't know if anyone's played that. But like, yeah. yeah, the hook is being co-op. But like, forgetting about that, like everything in that game is mediocre like gameplay. Yeah, the, but the sum is greater than the whole exactly. I get that idea. Yeah. Exactly. And that's kind of what I was getting out of this. Plus the fact that it has the practice mode, which as you know, I love. And the tiny little little cherry on top of the the sound mode, which is just like, wow, these people really really like cared and 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 made this like overall solid game. But I just can't put a game on the essentialist when when one of the three gameplay uh level like level types that is by far the the encompasses the most of the game just is frustrating and and somehow not very good so i i did end up saying no but i'll call it a play it for sure all right fair enough sean i like to start out uh, by prefacing the, that the phrase that i meant to say was that the whole was greater than the sum um, and that ends the uh, corrections portion of the essential <laughs> games list vote. Um, I'd say that, like you know, if it, if you if you took them apart, if you if you took apart these two uh, these three modes, I'd say that you know the uh, the light gun portion is like a B, the uh, driving portion is like a B minus C plus, and then the uh, the beat 'em up is like a D minus. So. Even in like an average thing, there I, the the fact that the that the majority of the game is so frustrating, and uh, and the mini games, I, I I would even yeah I would even call them mini games that you play between those levels, um, aren't even that much better. Uh, this isn't gonna sniff the essential games list for me. Well said, Sean. And uh, the last thing you know when it comes down to how to do an essential games list is that I must vote. Uh, that is always the last thing that we must do. Even if I go first, we always have to make sure that it's okay with me at the end of the, the Essential Games list because I always speak last. So I will speak last here, and I will vote. And I am delaying because I'm not quite sure what to make of The Adventures of Bayou Billy. It's a flawed game, no doubt. And it's not going on my Essential Games list, so I guess I could get that out of the way. But I don't know what what's my final verdict here. It's Konami, and they usually don't let us down. But I don't know if it's because it's Konami that I'm so let down. Like, would I let, like, you know, another random publisher who or developer who's just made, like, one or two games in the system, like, would I care as much? Uh, Adventures of Bayou Billy, like, had a chance to be a great beat-em-up game with, like, yeah, as, as Sean mentioned there, it's like, yeah, the other two are just, like, mini-games, things that happen in the game, but it's a beat-em-up, right? But they missed the mark on the beat-em-up thing, and I'm not sure how that happened to them 
uh, I feel like, you know, Konami, Capcom, Nintendo, uh, you know, these guys, like, know how to make games better than anyone else in 1988, you know, uh, 1989 now. But, like, they know how to make these games, and they just completely missed the mark on, like, what made Double Dragon and even Renegade, uh, you know, the, the first beat-em-up we played on the NES. Like, that was so much more fun than, yeah. than what we got here. But there's a lot of good stuff to say. We went on for a long time talking about this game. So there's a lot of good stuff. It's just, it's so flawed as an experience that I, I couldn't recommend this to anybody. I'm, 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 I'm sorry to say that, you know, but like, uh, I think you've heard from me, you've heard from Sean, you've heard from Joe, and uh, I think, you know, whoever you landed on the side of, the one thing you should take away from this is that just because you add in, um, you know, more more types of gameplay or more variety to the gameplay, you know, doesn't mean you should. Maybe if they spent more time on the thinking about how the beat 'em up portion should work and making a game that was just a beat 'em up game, they would have came away with something more Konami like and more solid. Like imagine a a Castlevania game that's not a platformer, but instead it's a beat 'em up. It's like we could have got that game here, but instead they went for something that was more like a a smorgasbord of a game. Mm. <laughs> and that's, that sounds delicious. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Yeah, let's get let's some, get some let's gumbo. Get some, uh, get some seafood jambalaya. gumbo. Yeah, some broils. <laughs> yeah, get some grits. All right. Some grits. Yeah. What else did we eat down there? <laughs> yeah, we should mention that we went down to New Orleans for this yes, episode yeah, to this research is live yeah, in New Orleans. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, just to check it out like yeah. and see what you know what the deal was um no in all seriousness uh as most of the uh you know our listener fan base knew we didn't post last week because i wasn't feeling too well and it means a lot to me that a lot of the fans reached out on twitter and hoped uh that i would get better and i did you're all very good again people. yeah you're all very good people but we did it again we recorded and we are delivering the episode this friday and you're listening to it right now on this friday or a later Friday, you should just tweet at us and say which Friday you listen to it. But not like if you listen to it on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, and those don't round hear about, to the nearest right, Friday. I just want to hear about Fridays. Yeah, nearest Friday. That's good, Joe. Yeah, yeah exactly. Get down on so, Friday. like, the question there, Joe: Do you round up or do you round down? Well, if you like to nearest Friday, Tuesday. If you're exactly halfway there, you round up. Otherwise, you just decide which one you're closer to. So if you listen to this thing on a Tuesday, you're going to let those people go back to Friday, the previous Friday. You're going to let them get that credit? Yeah, why not? <laughs> okay. Well, I don't yeah, I, I guess say, it's really there's I no stakes, it right? Yeah. <laughs> it's no like uh no risks to be taken here. And you know what? Another thing you can do is if you listen to two on one Friday, you can bank that for another Friday. I think this episode just needs to fade out like while we're talking uh, until it's <laughs> Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. I, we should I mean, really like, do that. Can we like I'm not the best right audio now? engineer. I guess I could figure out how to make it work or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just this is a crossfade. You just fade. Yeah, or we you know what we, we can, can do? organically kind of like, yeah, what, what if we all just start talking at the same time and we just make it like we you know, like let's just start fading out yeah. ourselves like, with our volume. Okay, let's, yeah, yeah, we, we can start slowly backing away from your mic as you're going. Yeah, just like I'm just getting really far away. Thank you.